And welcome everyone to week nine. Is it week nine we of the Left Coasters podcast? We're actually here officially halfway through. We are coming to you on a very special Friday edition. The last day of the week. We are here for you to take you into the weekend and preview the upcoming slate of games. I understand you're used to us coming to you on a Tuesday and a Thursday, but we had to wait for that lovely trade line to pass by. And then it was Halloween. And then what are we going to do? We're going to come in on Halloween and record? No, we're coming after the Thursday night football game that just happened to record to you for Friday morning and break down the week ahead because the left coasters had to sit here and see a couple of these trades that went by and boy are we glad we did because a couple of doozies came through a couple of big big moves it's starting to become the nba these trades it's wonderful i love having a trade deadline that actually means something including one right here uh, in our own backyard the rams add another pass rusher to that fearsome front line it's too bad they don't run a 4-3 they could still work michael I brockers know. into that that would still be scary he's an excellent player but man am i excited to talk about this rams front seven especially now that dante fowler joins as an excellent edge rusher rich another first richer. another first round pick in that defense the yeah, rich get richer indeed and we will talk about the these trades we're about to marry fuck kill the trades that went around the league we're going to talk about our gravestone picks because again we have to send a team to the grave and then we're going to end the show with our weekly pick where yours truly regains his throne as the number one in the hood g but first oh well i should say you listen to tony cavallo matthew dangles d'angelo antonio brian the ballerina balzarini we are the left coasters podcast you can find us on facebook the left coasters podcast instagram the left coasters podcast you can email us the left coasters podcast at gmail.com Now let's get to what's going on because, guys, ring the bell. If you made a bet on the first coach fired, it's time to cash your ticket. Hugh Jackson is no longer a coach of the Cleveland Browns. I think we all saw this coming at some point. Absolutely. Uh, it was inevitable. At the start of the season, maybe not. You get hyped up on hard knocks and and, and you feel good about the, what the Browns. And they come out in the first couple of games and they compete. Yes, they and, do. And, and they compete. And you know what? They even win a couple. They, they yeah. get a couple of Ws. But then then the wheels start to fall off. They can't get things done in overtime. The the, the offense just isn't coming together. They ship off their lead, leading rusher and they're handing the ball off to a rookie now. Um, you know, the passing game isn't exactly as good as it ought to be and Hugh Jackson, and, and there's discord in the locker room. That's the big it one. It sounds like as well as the locker room has fallen apart. Uh, Miles Garrett had some uh, 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 criticisms to make of the play calling by uh, defensive coordinator Jeff uh Sorry, Greg Williams. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, I almost said Jeff Fisher. Greg Williams, and uh, apparently there was also some, um, let's say, disagreement between offensive coordinator Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson. It sounded like there was a bit of a power struggle going on there. And but when you lose the locker room, I mean, that's often the writing on the wall for you, especially when your team isn't winning. Absolutely, and Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Cleveland Browns, who has just had a shitty run as an owner of the NFL franchise, he decided not to choose between the two fighting siblings. He decided to fire them both. Hugh Jackson, Todd Haley on the streets right now. No longer have a team. Baker Mayfield loses two offensive uh, uh, minds on his team, and now he starts anew. Brian, what do you think Baker's going to come out of this? You know, I think Baker is going to have a similar season that Jared Goff had when Jeff Fisher got canned halfway through the season. He's got to find a way to to continue to focus his attention towards getting better every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, with a new kind of... Uh, leadership, if you will, on the offensive side of the ball. It'll be interesting to see how they expand what he's been able to do thus far. Uh, we saw him do some really incredible things the last game. You know, kind of being Baker. Uh, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing things that he did in Oklahoma. Yeah, uh, being absolutely. brought being brought more to the field because that's what he knows. Yeah, and that's actually something that's been talked about. The Oklahoma head coach potentially coming to the uh, Cleveland yes, Browns. Absolutely, as being, that's a very interesting thing. And this guy was talked about being a head coach well before Baker Mayfield joined 
joining the Cleveland Browns. So there's an opportunity here for for Baker Mayfield to, to audition for who that next head coach is. Yeah, Lincoln Riley is the guy you're talking about, the head coach in, uh, in waiting, it seems. And also, it was interesting to me, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, I'm, I'm a, a big gambler, as the left coasters know, and I decided to take a look at what the odds were for the next head coach of the Cleveland Browns. You know who opened uh, leading the odds, was the most likely to become the new head coach of the Cleveland Browns? Mr. Sean McVay. He really? opened as the leader. Why in the so world I have no idea. would Sean leave his post here to go to Cleveland? I, I you, mean, you got to ask Vegas. I, I don't know. That's that's I, I don't maybe Why somebody gave the Why would you go raw, to Cleveland? It, of over Los LA, Angeles. I understand. I he, is, I he, he has now uh, shot back down the rankings, but he did open as the clear leader, which made me sort of go, uh, uh, "Huh?" But yeah, Hugh Jackson now uh, three thirty-six and one as a Cleveland Browns has head coach brings his uh, uh, career win-loss percentage to point two oh five eleven forty-four and one. He is the worst head coach of all time. He doesn't have the worst winning percentage. This goes back to a guy from the 40s, Burt Bell, for Philadelphia Eagles, had a worst winning percentage, but he was also the owner of the team, so it's kind of hard to fire yourself. Hugh Jackson, worst coach of all time, undoubtedly, right? I mean, I think that ultimately, regardless of all the other factors that we talked about and some of the stuff that I mentioned earlier, at the end of the day, when you look at it, on paper, three thirty-six and one. <laughs> no other head coach, like like I think it was Scott Van Pelt who I was listening to about the night after, like he Hugh got fired. It's like how many head coaches do you know of that get that many chances uh, yeah, and nobody. win three games? You don't get forty games and lose thirty-six of them. Nobody. It's unprecedented what he was able to do because he had so much time to lose. And now it is interim head coach Greg Williams. The second G stands for genius. It does not get any easier, by the way, for the Cleveland no, Browns. Not out here they go and play the Chiefs at home this coming week and we'll get to that and to pick them later nah. then they have the Falcons at home they go to the nah. Bengals they go to Houston nah. they play the Panthers at home they nah. go to Denver to play the Broncos nope. then they play the Bengals back at home and they end the season in Baltimore against the Ravens who are currently the best defense if in the you, NFL if you sat there at the beginning of the season and took the Cleveland wins over you are in trouble let's what do we move know on. who might have done that let's move on <laughs> to uh some of the trades that happened this is past the the trade deadline we had a few offensive wide receivers move. We had a couple of big-name defensive uh, players move teams as well, uh, including one of my favorite players of all time to wear a Packers uniform. But we're going to do our, our favorite question here at the Left Coast's podcast. We're going to marry fuck these teams. I'm going to read off the trades and what they were traded for. I don't want you guys to marry fuck kill based on the compensation given up for them, but rather the impact that they will have on their new teams. So. Let's start with the offensive players, and we're going to go to Bry Guy. There were three wide receivers traded over the past two weeks. Hit me. Amari Cooper went to Dallas for a first-round pick, a first-round pick, 24 years old, Amari Cooper to Dallas. Demarius Thomas went to Houston for a fourth-round pick. Demarius Thomas now a Texan after the Will Fuller injury. And your boy, Golden Tate, leaving Detroit, going to Philly for a third-round pick. Every one of these wide receivers is on the last year of their current deal and will become a free agent in 2019. So it was interesting to see these teams say, you know what, we don't need you for this season. I'd rather take a, a draft pick right now, see what I can get for you. And these new teams are hoping that they love Love it so much in their new place that they sign for a good deal if it all works out. So, Brian, with their new teams, Mary Fuck Kill, Amari Cooper in Dallas, Demarius Thomas in Houston, Golden Tate in Philly. I am going to marry Golden Tate. I am going to... Well, hold, hold on. Explain yourself. Marry Golden Tate. Why? Okay, we'll, we'll slow down here. So, Golden Tate, to me, is 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Let's let's also put everybody on the table. Probably everyone else. He's 30. Demarius Thomas is 30. And Amari Cooper's 23. Four. 24. Yep. 24. 
So what factors into my 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 analysis of this is the age, the the the, the possibility of them making an impact mm-hmm. this year, and this may, year, and maybe maybe another year. But but I think focusing just on this year alone, uh, Golden Tate has the most the ability to impact the most for the Philadelphia Eagles, who are struggling right now to take the reins from Washington, the Washington yeah. Redskins at the moment. Absolutely. What Carson Wentz has not been able to do is really take advantage of the middle of the field. Yeah. There is no better wide receiver in the NFL in the middle of the field than Golden Tate. He is going to be that third receiver behind um Jeffrey Elson and Aguilar. Dr- yeah. And Earth, no, too. Aguilar. Aguilar's Aguilar's the guy taking a step back. Yeah. And game. he's gonna take about I think he's gonna get about at his peak, probably nine to ten looks. Yeah, uh, a game because he's going to be so open. Yeah, he's going to be in the middle, and, and that's Carson. Shifty. And that's Carson Wentz's favorite place to throw the football Absolutely. last year. And I don't think it's going to change this year once they start really going into the second half of the season. And I think uh, uh, Golden Tate is a locker room guy, mm-hmm. and he is a, a hell of a teammate. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to make his transition easier into this locker room. He's one of my least favorite players of all time, but it doesn't have to do with how good he is. He is a stellar player, especially in the open field. He's tough to tackle, very shifty. So you marry Golden Tate. Yes. Uh, who are you killing, Amari Cooper or Demarius Thomas? I'm going to kill Amari Cooper because I think Amari Cooper has the most uh, work uh, needed yeah. in order to be effective again. I yeah. mean, again is the key operative word. He is young. He's got a lot of potential, but this year especially, I don't know if he just walks into Dallas with his baggage, uh, his lack of enthusiasm, and completely pull a 180 and make this Dallas Cowboys team have something they didn't have before. Yeah. And I think Amari Cooper, uh, if you saw, they, they did a uh, an infograph of his um, his route running over the last uh, seven or eight games, it's sloppy as hell. Oh, it's yeah. one of the worst-looking route trees you'll ever see. Uh, it lo- looks like it was dr- dr- uh, drawn by a child. <laughs> I don't think that's going to change when things when the pressure's on in Dallas. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with you on the killing of Mari Cooper because out of I, I don't I don't trust Demarius Thomas in this Houston offense as much. They lost Will Fuller, who's one of the speediest guys in the world, and was a reason that the safeties against Houston played so deep, allowed DeAndre Hopkins to get as open as he did over the middle of the field. That is no longer there. Demarius Thomas is. He's not a deep threat. He is a possession guy. DeAndre Hopkins is still going to be a beast. Yeah. But Demarius Thomas, I don't believe, can bring to the field what Houston needs to get that offense rolling. As for Amari Cooper, everyone now has to focus on Amari Cooper. It leaves guys like Cole Beasley and Michael Gallup more open for the plays that Dak needs to run. I don't like Amari Cooper. I just think the impact-wise, he's going to help Dallas more than Demarius helps Houston. Quite the opposite. I think, actually, Demarius Thomas, because he's not going to be double-covered. Yeah. You know, Emmanuel Sanders is having a great year, mainly yeah. because Demarius Thomas is, is being covered by two, two, uh, two DBs. With DeAndre Hopkins now being the 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 primary focus of that offense from a wide receiver standpoint, he's gonna be he's gonna be seeing a lot of single coverage, yeah. and we know what he could do, especially in the red zone. Okay, let's move on to the defensive side. Dangles, we're giving these four guys these four trades to you. The first one, the first two, I should say, happened a week ago. Uh, uh, Damon Harrison snacks Harrison to Detroit for a fifth round pick. Gi- Giants are selling the farm. They sold another guy, Eli Apple, to New Orleans for a fourth round pick and a twenty twenty seventh. Dante Fowler Jr. coming to the L.A. Rams to join a vaunted defensive line for a third-round pick. Another big-ass pick traded away by the Rams and a 2025th for Dante Fowler Jr. And one of my favorite players of all time, HaHa Clinton Dix, traded to the Washington Redskins for a fourth-round pick. Diggity dangles. Marry, fuck, kill the impact of these four players. 
So I'm going to marry the Donnie Fowler to the Rams trade. I think that that, that offers the most upside uh, to a team that that not that they need the help necessarily on the pass rush, but they, but it's, it's about making a great team even better. Dante Fowler in Jacksonville was really just used as a third down pass mm-hmm. rusher. So far this season, he's only got two sacks. Mm-hmm. So not a lot, not a lot of of of, of uh, evidence sort of to work there with. But he's a first round pick out of Florida. He's really big. He's very fast off the line. And if he can keep himself out of trouble off the field and and avoid suspension. I think he has has the chance to 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 become not only an elite pass rusher but 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 a, a useful run stuffer as as well. I'm going to fuck the haha Clinton Dix to the uh, Washington Redskins. They I think they are a team that can use some help on defense. Haha provides that. He's going to join DJ Swearinger and Clinton, Quentin Dunbar in that uh, backfield. Um, I was uh, reading some of the tweets from uh, my good friend Craig Hoffman, who's a Redskins beat reporter for the Fan uh, in Washington D.C., and he says it sounds like uh, Haha is picking things up, and really it's just a matter of learning terminology and assignment and alignment at this point. Um, but I think he's going to be a big contributor into that Washington Redskins defense, especially considering this is a team that could very well win its division. And I, I think I'm going to kill the Eli Apple trade to, to the New Orleans Saints. Um, I don't really know how much Eli helps that secondary. He was not a good cornerback in New York. No, he wasn't. I don't know that going to New, to New Orleans is going to change anything about that. Uh, their main guy is still going to be Marshawn Lattimore. I uh, couldn't disagree more, Dangles. I really couldn't disagree really? more. I'm <laughs> I'm killing Dante Fowler Jr. to the Rams. Why? Because he is going to be the same exact thing he was in Jacksonville, that third down pass rusher. He's not taking Michael Brockers off the field. Michael Brockers is a stellar player and doesn't get his rightful due because he's playing behind Aaron Donald and uh, Nadama Kong Su. You're still going to have Brockers out there to, ru- to play rush defense, and you're still going to have him as an inside tackle on passing plays. Dante Fowler Jr. is going to be asked to do one thing, and that's rush the passer. And he might get a few sacks playing with the players he's uh, he's with. But if he couldn't do it in Jacksonville, which has as stout a defensive line as the Los Angeles does, I don't think he's going to be able to do it here. And to give up a third-round pick for him, I know we weren't talking about compensation here. That's a lot of money to pay for a defense you're building on the fly. You've I just think you're paying too much for a Super Bowl team that might have had a good enough defense without him. I'm fucking Eli Apple because they needed just a body there. They needed a live, warm body there. And Eli Apple is not a shutdown corner, but Marshawn's cover. Covering the ones, Eli's. You got to cover the twos. That's all you got to do. Play your role, and I think he can fit in well. It probably was good that he had a change of scenery out of that that poisonous locker room. But I am marrying Haha Clinton Dix with a bow on it. Pro Football Focus has HaHa Clinton Dix as the fourth-rated safety in the league right now. Uh, granted, Pro Football Focus, the way they rate these guys, is not the end-all, be-all on telling what people are good. But you know who number one is? DJ Swearinger. So if you're putting DJ Swearinger and HaHa Clinton Dix on the same field together, that is suddenly a defense that is good, vaulted to great. HaHa Clinton Dix was a leader on the Green Bay Packers team, and I, I'm, it's going to kill me to see him make a Pro Bowl not in the Green Bay Packers uniform because it's going to happen this year. So to have HaHa leave, it makes me so sad as a Green Bay fan. I, I leapt for joy when he fell to us from Alabama and he was drafted in 2014 and now he joins DJ Swearinger in that solid Washington defense that is suddenly a playoff contender I think they win that division now so yeah couldn't disagree with you more and that is going to be all for the recap section for the trades for the Hugh Jackson firing adios Hugh welcome to the world Greg Williams we will talk about uh, who we would like to see as the new head coach in later episodes but now we got to move on to everyone's favorite game Gravestones Left Coasters And welcome, Left Coasters, to everyone's favorite game. It's this week's version of Gravestones. Gravestones is the game where each week, one of the hosts picks a team to throw into the ground and say that they will not make the playoffs at the end of the year. By the end of this season, we will each have thrown 20 teams into the grave, leaving us with 12 remaining players. And if all those 12 make the playoffs, well, hey, we did our jobs. This week, I will be going first. 
Brian will be going second, Dangles will be going third, and the reason that is important is when Dangles goes this week, he cannot choose a team that Brian and I have already chosen. So Dangles is in the hot seat of gravestones, and this week, guys, the conference we will be picking from is the AFC. So far this season, the only team that we have all killed, the team that is in the grave pool, are the lowly Buffalo Bills, who are now starting Nathan Peterman once again. Other than that, let's go into Gravestones. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us today. This week in the AFC, yours truly is up first to tell a team they won't be doing it this year in January. In past weeks, I have killed the Cincinnati Bengals, who I still believe don't make the playoffs, and I've also killed those terrible Oakland Raiders. To add to my gravestones is a team that is now looking for the head coach of the future, a team that had no business winning the games that they've won this year. And I'm sorry, Baker Mayfield, but your rookie year will not lead you to the playoffs, and the Cleveland Browns are dead. Ballerina, you are up next. And in past weeks, you've killed the New York Jets and the Indianapolis Colts. Who do you choose to add to that pool? My gravestone pick should be of no surprise to anybody. I will be choosing the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, that makes sense. Obvious. And I believe it's going to put Dangles in a harder position. (laughs) He's shaking his head no. So, can't wait. No, it does not put him in a harder position because we've all killed Oakland, and now they are the fourth team to join the Grave Pool. So let us now bow our heads for the Oakland Raiders 2018 season. Dangles. You actually got off scot-free, big guy. You have only killed the Indianapolis Colts, other than the two teams that are in the grave pool. So, the field is pretty much open. Where will you go? This week, I'll be killing the New York Jets. It's close, close, close between the Jets and the Jaguars. But, I have a little more faith in that Jaguars defense. We've seen what they can do. This is a team that had Super Bowl aspirations. Meanwhile, the Jets have a bright future with Sam Darnold, and their defense is formidable, but they can't seem to put four quarters of football together. And that does not a winning team make. So, <laughs> oh, uh, Sorry, Todd Bowles. Sorry, Jets Green. Not this year. It's all over. And that is this week's Gravestones. Left Coasters. And we are back. The Left Coasters podcast, Tony Cavallo, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Brian the Ballerina, Balzarini. We do a pick em every week. Every week we look at the slate of games and we tell you who's going to win and who's going to lose. We've been keeping the record for the whole season. And yours truly last week had an 11-3 and record, one of the best records on the year, to bring my total up to 73-46. and The leader in the clubhouse, Tony Cavallo. Dangles, you are overall number two. You went 8-6 and last year. You are 71-48 and 
State, two games behind me. Brian the Ballerina catching up, went 9-5, and five, another solid week for you. You're putting them together, 67-52, and 52, just six games behind the leader. We are all doing so much better, guys, than we have done the past two seasons. I just want you both to know that. Usually the third-place team is below 500, and the two leaders are just above it. We are killing the field, and if you're listening at home and the three of us agree on a game, you take your money to the bookie and you put it on that team because we have not been wrong. Knock on wood, folks, because now I'm going to go 0-16. But before we get to this week's slate, and we know it's Friday. I know there was a Thursday game already, but there were six teams on the bye this week, Brian. Can you tell us who those teams are? Yes, I can, Tony. They are the Arizona Cardinals, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Indianapolis Colts, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the New York Giants, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Honestly, like six teams, maybe Philly, but six teams that I don't enjoy watching on Sunday. About I'm very th- happy to about, not watch them this week. About a third to a half of my players on my fantasy team <laughs> this is, oh, no, this are is, sitting the This bench. is by Mageddon. We are obviously releasing this show on Friday morning, which means the Thursday night game already happened, but what was that Thursday night matchup? That was the Oakland Raiders at the San Francisco 49ers. And if you follow us on Facebook, we put our picks up there. Yours truly picked those San Francisco 49ers, and the other two idiots pick Oakland. And again, I'm right. I picked this game three nights ago when I thought C.J. Bathard was starting, but instead he was out with a wrist injury. He did dress, but he didn't play, and this this nobody, Nick Mullins, came in and lit the world on fire. Oakland clearly given up on the season, and Nick Mullins, awesome. along with Kyle Shanahan, like, right home to mom about that one. you got to be so proud. One of the best, I think, statistical starts for a, a, for a quarterback in his first start ever yeah. in the history of, of football. If you're a Raiders fan, though, really disappointing way for the final uh, battle of the Bay uh, between the two Bay Area teams before they obviously head oh, off that's to, right. uh, yeah. it's the last time they'll play the Battle of the Bay as the Oakland Raiders and the San Francisco 49ers. Next time it happens, it will be the Las Vegas Raiders. Is that and next year or the following year? I believe it's 20. It's, I think it's actually next. I thought they're supposed to go in 2019, or is it 2020? Uh, the, the, they don't know where they're playing next year. They're probably playing in the Las Vegas, uh, uh, whatever that university UNLV. is, stadium, UNLV yeah. stadium. Yeah. But they don't know exactly where they're playing next year. Two years from now, they will be in that new in Vegas new, stadium. The but they, stadium. W- they will not be in Oakland next year. Yeah. That's for certain. So let's move on. Thursday night happened. Tony wins another one. Let's move on to the Sunday games. Sunday, we've got the Chicago Bears at the Buffalo Bills. Nathan Peterman, man, there is no chance Buffalo wins this game. Chicago. Chicago. The Bills do have the sixth-ranked defense in the NFL. They are uh, they are a stalwart on defense. Uh, uh, they they have good they have good players at each level of their defense. Nathan, they don't have shit on offense. But Peterman. Nathan Peterman is the X factor here. Nathan picks Peterman. I feel oh bad boy. for him. I'm starting to feel I, bad for him. I, I, I do I do as well because this this you know you, uh, he's been thrown into some crummy situations. Um, he was not supposed to be a starter in this league. And, and Buffalo and has no clearly, playmakers. He's clearly not cut out for it. He's got nobody to give the ball to. Their top wide receiver. Is Kelvin Benjamin, whose only advantage on the field is that he is six foot five. The best quote I've heard in a long, long time. I do not like the new Monday Night Football analyst, but the best quote came from Booger McFarlane. I think I've heard all season. I like he, they're talking about Kelvin Benjamin, and he says he's a Popeyes biscuit away from being a tight end. I laughed for <laughs> days. That is a good one. Uh, that is that is a good one. And Zinger is from the Snot Rocket, yeah. aka the uh, the Booger Mobile on so, the field. So, Dangles, are you taking Chicago? I am taking Chicago here. I think the pass rush is going to be too much, and it's going to force Peterman into some bad throws. And we all know he, what the pension he has for throwing interceptions. Next, we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers are rolling. Yeah, they are. Uh, I just, somehow, some way, they hung 36, 37 points. I forget how many exactly it was on the best defense in football last week. I just don't think Baltimore was ready. Like. 
Baltimore that was did not my, match the shock up of my well week. against Carolina. This Tampa Bay team behind Ryan Fitzpatrick again. Guys, Jameis Winston, too, man. Like we, we Done. My favorite podcast, as the left coasters know, every year is at the offseason. We all, the three coasters, get together and we put together a QB ranking. Every QB that starts a game this season, we will rank from top to bottom and see where they rank. I don't know where I would put Jameis right now, and it is not good. Close to the for, bottom, like it is trouble. Thirty, close, it is maybe, troubling. Maybe close thirty-four, the, maybe. Look, it is troubling. But Ryan Fitzpatrick comes back, and against this Carolina team, which has a stout defense, but they have they do have trouble covering the middle of the field, passing the ball. Fitzpatrick will be able to get those balls there. The question: Can Carolina get in Fitzpatrick's face and make his life? Tampa out? Bay's got the number one ranked offense. Yeah, so that's it. But I'm picking Carolina. I, I've I'm done picking against uh, TJ's Carolina Panthers. Uh, uh, it's it's kind of it's been hurting me the last couple of weeks. I've been waiting for them to drop one. And it uh, is in Carolina. Yes. Yeah. Carolina is undefeated at home. I expect that trend to continue. I'm picking Carolina as well. Dangles. I, I'm also picking Carolina. They're going to throw a lot of looks. I think that's going to confuse uh, not very good uh, uh, Tampa Bay defense. They do a lot of different things on the run game. They got a lot of different guys involved. Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, obviously Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey is is somebody you have to game plan for because he can run in between the tackles and he can beat you out side um I, I think it's going to confuse them and um you know and Fitzpatrick's going to be on a short leash as well it's, um, it's if you're considering starting happening. and this is tough because in a fantasy perspective the, the Tampa Bay quarterback position is one of the most important positions to have but Fitzpatrick's going to be on a short leash like if he if he comes out and he throws a couple of interceptions I wouldn't be surprised if they put Jameis back in this is going to be a carousel of quarterbacks for the rest of the year it's going to be who's playing well right now today next we've got the Kansas City Chiefs at the Cleveland Browns. The Chiefs, Hugh Jackson. Chiefs, can we move on, please? Well, yes. <laughs> I, I will I will say the only thing that tempts me is I love what, what are you insane? No, no, listen. I love picking a team that just fired their head coach because you know the players were waiting for that guy to leave and they will be raring the play because they're now playing for, for who? Greg for Williams? future teams. Yeah, I don't think Greg uh, with two G's nah. is gonna beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Give I'm going Kansas, Kansas City. City too. Next, we've got the New York Jets at the Miami Dolphins. This is an interesting game. Yes, we had is. we had a game last week, yes, Se- it is. Uh, Seattle versus Detroit, and there's a couple on the slate this week where these two teams that are facing up each other could be in the wild card Equally conversation bad. later. You need to win these games. You, they're, they're, it's going to come down to these head-to-head matchups by the end of the season, and whoever wins these games now is going to have a leg up when it comes to uh, uh, wild card tiebreakers. That being said, I think Miami's on their way out. I really like the way the Jets are built. I just think Sam Darnold needs to find some playmakers on that team, but that defense is pretty damn good. I'm going to pick Sam Darnold and the Jets to beat Miami. Do you want to take this, Dangles? Uh, I was hoping you would jump in because I'm not entirely certain where I want to go with this. Listen, I mean, uh, Miami's got some players. they got some good players, and I do like Adam Gase. I just don't think that team is built to beat a team like the Jets, which are going to slow the game down. They're going to try to play a time possession game. They couldn't do it against Chicago. Is this a Brock? Chicago's the better team of New York Jets of the same world, but Jets match up against Miami well. It's still really hard for me to be able to trust Brock Osweiler on a weekly basis. He still is Brock. Even though he's been fine. He's been been, He's been solid. He's, he's been, been he's been serviceable um, to the point where I you know I wonder if they're gonna maybe think about you know what happens when Ryan Tannehill comes back would because you rather, he wasn't stellar before he left. Would you ra- preview of that QB conversation? Would you rather have Brock Osweiler or Jameis Winston right now? Brock Osweiler. Brock. How far has Jameis fallen? All right, make your pick. Uh, I, I'll I, make it easy for you. I'm gonna pick Miami. Okay. Uh, I, I, how does that make it easy for me? Then um, you can be the contrarian. Or I, you, I you think can... I think the Jets have a good defense. I think they're going to give the Dolphins. Trouble. Let's go. Next, we've got the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Baltimore Ravens. Great Another game. tough game. Always these two teams Great game. hate each other. Great they game. Always try to rip each other's heads off. Um, there's probably going to be a lot of penalties in this game. 
<laughs> I'm I'm looking for a lot of penalties in this game. These two teams do and they played already not this year. Yeah, they did like each other. Uh, uh, Pittsburgh lost fourteen to twenty six, which is why I think Pittsburgh will win this game. I think these two teams are destined to be equal to each other. Pittsburgh wins. It is on the road. I'm going to pick the Ravens to win this one. Um, uh, last time I picked Baltimore at home, they screwed me, but they got walloped last week by the the, the 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 Carolina Panthers, and they are going to be looking to turn things around. Uh, they add an interesting uh, uh, a guy into their backfield in Ty Montgomery. Who was another trade yeah, uh, uh, that ha- that out. happened. I don't know that he displaces Alex Collins. He might take some snaps away from Buck Allen, um, but he gives him a little bit of extra versatility uh, in that backfield. I- I'm going to go with the Ravens. This Pit- one's a coin flip. Yeah, Pittsburgh undefeated on the road. Yeah, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. Next, we've got the Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings. I don't love Minnesota. I really don't. Uh, obviously, they 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 got their butts kicked you're against not picking, New Orleans. You're not picking Detroit. I, I hate Detroit too, but I'm just saying this game is going to be closer than you think. Again, two divisional opponents that know each other well. I do not like the way Minnesota is built. I think Kirk Cousins stinks. As a, like, as a Lions fan, I'd be very curious. Without Golden Tate, what kind of identity they have on this offense? Because Golden Tate has been their leading receiver, their leading target for the last four or five years, and has been Matt Stafford's favorite target. Well, he's and, a sure he's a sure thing. That's why. I mean, you can always fall back on him. He's going to catch the ball. And not now so you much, have a nobody, so T.J. Jones. You know, in you've the got slot. Kenny, Kenny Galladay is great in the red zone because he's big, and Marvin Jones can stretch the field for you guys. But Golden Tate was that third guy, that I'll X factor you, out of the slot, yeah. who can really give Matt Stafford that sort of safety valve when he needed it. And without him, I mean, there's not a lot of tight end play going on in uh, in Detroit right I'll give now. You a either, crazy, so. I'll give you a crazy stat: all the wide receivers, other than uh, Jones and Galladay, have a collective three, uh, have a collective five catches. Yeah, that might they might not get any more yeah. this week. I have no idea. I'm picking I'm, Minnesota in this this game. I, I will. I think at home, I just don't see how the Lions win this game. Kirk Cousins, you're absolutely right, is not playing up to his three years, $84 million, all of that guaranteed. Uh, they're having troubles. Well, not having troubles, I would say. They, they missed. I, I don't know how actually. I don't know how much they're missing Dalvin Cook because Latavius Murray has been a fine playing very a well. fine plug-in, and they obviously have the best wide receiver in the NFL in Adam Thielen. Uh, I like the Vikings. I, I'm picking Minnesota as well, although I don't agree with most of what you just said, but I'm picking Minnesota. <laughs> Next, we've got the Atlanta Falcons at the Washington Redskins. A really good game. We're talking about wild card teams. Listen, Philly is going to push Washington at the divisional lead. Atlanta is is gotten themselves together after starting off terribly. Both Bad of these defense. teams are going to be in that wild card hunt. Come to it. This is going to be an interesting game. Great offense versus a really solid defense, and it is in. Washington. Washington. Oh, man, this is tough. I, I think I'm going to pick the better offense. I think Atlanta has more firepower. I think they put up enough points that Alex Smith and that offense cannot keep up. I'm picking Atlanta to come off the bye and get themselves a win. I'm not even sure if I've picked Washington yet this year. I'm pretty sure came. I haven't either. But they they, they did they yeah. did us dirty last you week. You know, this too. is interesting because the Redskins are relying right now almost entirely on their run game. It's yes. been Adrian Peterson who's doing the, the, the yeoman's work for them. Their passing game is almost non existent. I think their leading receiver last week had like four catches for fifty four yards. I think Josh Josh Doxson it was. Um so if Adrian Peterson doesn't get going for them, if they can't get the running game going, and Atlanta has a decent front four, they can stop you. Um I I think I think Atlanta wins this as well. I, I agree that high-powered offense is going to be a little bit too much for that uh, Alex Smith and that offense to contend with on the Redskins side. You know, I don't know why. I just this gut feeling that I think Washington's going to win this game. Washington's good. Because I They're think good. the the weather is uh, forecasted for heavy showers. Ooh, so, I didn't know that. <laughs> so you so you are going to see a lot of uh, a lot of drop balls and the Atlanta Falcons, while they have an incredibly great good game, the the Washington Redskins are built to dip and dunk. And they're and they're built to run it down your throat in a muddy game. Adrian Peterson might have a day. That's a, that's a good pick, Brian. I wish I knew that before I picked Atlanta. <laughs> the details, man. It's yeah. all in the details. Uh, next, we've got the uh, Houston Texans start of the afternoon game. Uh, Houston Texans at the Denver Broncos. 
Okay, what's the weather in Denver? No, I'm just kidding. Houston, five-game winning streak. Give me them. I, I like, I like them in this game. I think they're on the upswing. Um, a little strange that Demarius Thomas gets to go back and play his old team in the first week after his trade. I, I would kind be of, so kind worried. Of fascinating like, that they did that. <laughs> the NFL is all about like nobody Schemes. knows our playbook. You yeah. know, no, nobody knows our calls. Demarius knows all of them, and you just—it's not even six days past that he gets to tell. Oh, his he's defense. the star. He is going to be the star what? of every single. He's—I bet you—I guarantee you—he's going to every single position group meeting Absolutely. this week and telling them what the the Denver Broncos play. But then on the other side. Of things, you have to know that Denver's going to be changing their playbook up and, of course, and switching but like, things to make know, sure that Demarius doesn't do exactly that. He knows people's tendencies. He knows their giveaways. It's he knows a, everything. It's, it's a huge help, and that's another reason why I'm picking Houston is because I think I think Demarius Thomas coming back so close. The Denver Broncos have had almost no time to turn it around, and I also just think they're on. I just think they're on the upswing in general. Demarius Thomas adds a huge extra <laughs> extra wide out to this offense, especially with Will Fuller being gone. He's going to open up De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I'm going to go with Houston because there's a clear difference in the uh, defenses for both these teams. Houston's defense has been actually very good this year. Mm -hmm. Very, very good. Especially good at getting turnovers. And I don't think uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Sutton are going to rip this Houston defense up uh, without Demarius Thomas. I think Phillip Lindsay's good, but he's not you know, exceptionally good. Yeah. So I, I just I, I don't think he is potentially exceptionally good. This kid can play. Football. I don't think he's Alvin Kamara. I think he's he's just a couple. I think he's a poor man's Alvin Kamara. I think which he's is solid. Not a terrible thing. I love him. But, I think he's solid. Uh, I've been on the Denver train all year. Uh, I have been there three and five right now. But they uh, you, you yeah, just need they stink. They're going to no, find a way no, to get back listen, into the conversation. Guys, you just need to, you've watched these games. You know they're better than the three and five record that they have. They played the best team in their in their conference uh, twice, and they played them really tough both times. I think Denver's still a real team that record does not dictate how good dictate how good they are dvoa has them ranked really really high in the top 10 i am picking denver to win this game i don't think houston's for real i think they're they're getting by on big plays and just butt fuckery by some other head coaches i think this team is solidly put together and also that houston offensive line is garbage deshaun watson has been sacked almost as much as anyone else in the league right now and bradley chubb and vaughn miller are going to have a field day against this houston team expect a low scoring affair and i think denver comes out on top i think it's also worth pointing out that uh, the way the Houston Texans handle their road games very different than their home games. Uh, their away games they tend to play better, as as evidence of Jacksonville. They only they gave up tw- you know they, they nailed twenty points on that defense. So it's uh, it's going to be a good game, and I think this is going to be a, a, a telltale sign of who we kill in gravestone. The following for sure, weeks. for sure. Uh, next we've got the uh, Los Angeles Chargers at the Seattle Seahawks. We've been doing the Los Angeles Chargers dirty because it's been now two weeks since we've talked about them. They were on the bye last week. We didn't get to talk about their game in London against Tennessee where they did exactly what they needed to do and barely won that game. But Tennessee played them tough. and did, uh, ten- If it wasn't for the big plays for Los Angeles, the Chargers would have had a shitty loss in London. Now they come and they play a Seattle team that is getting their shit together. Russell Wilson has been really solid the past few weeks. And that offensive line, the, the, the woe-begotten Seahawks offensive line has pulled together and played really solid the past few weeks. They have a rushing game. They're protecting Russell. They're, they're allowing guys like David Moore to get open for touchdowns. I think Seattle plays really, really well, but I am picking the hometown team. I'm going with the Los Angeles Chargers. There are just too many players on this team, and coming off of a healthy bye, they're going to beat the Seahawks. Yeah, uh, that's that. Yeah, it's 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 going to be a tough, tough game. The Seattle defense is actually playing fairly well this season as well, better than I think a lot of people expected them to. Um, Both of these teams mm, are going to be in the conversation yeah, for the wild card. No, I, Both I, of them. I agree. Um, gosh, this is this is tough. Um, Take your time. It's not live radio. Yeah, no. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I think I'm going to go with Los Angeles here as well. I'm going to go with Seattle. 
Seattle picking the upset. Yeah, because I think the the Chargers have shown that while they have an incredible deep, they have an incredible deep set of players, they're not blowing anything away Mm -hmm. they they haven't they haven't taken that next gear uh and i'm worried that with a seattle seahawks team who has found their passing game russell wilson the last four weeks has has been lights out and with carson playing as well as he has the games in seattle 58 degrees 47 low rain and showers Mm -hmm. you this is where russell wilson be, becomes the MVP. Makes that he, some magic that, happen. The yeah. meteorology edition of the Left Coasters <laughs> podcast with Phil, your host Brian Balzarini. I'll be here all week. <laughs> tip the tip tip the fish, try your waitress. So the 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 point being though is I think the Seattle Seahawks have an upswing in their in their play right now and i think philip rivers uh and and the, the word is that joey bosa might come back this week mm-hmm. but the fact that melvin or- melvin gordon was a scratch that in, london. One, in yeah. london kind of makes me worry that their best player may not be may not be up to uh up to his full potential. he is practicing this week but yeah. as of right now as of as of the recording of this podcast it's not clear whether he's going to play on i Sunday. mean it was a good time for a bye for him yeah good definitely, very good bye. definitely was all right let's move on to the game of the week yeah, here we go we've well, got well, the... one of the two games of the week i think no this is the game of the week. Los Angeles Rams at the New Orleans Saints. Guys, this is big. This yeah, is, is big. These two teams have not lost since week one. Rams haven't lost at all. The Rams should have lost last week. Let's be honest. Green Bay played a yes. perfect game against them. I'll give you if that. If it wasn't for Ty Montgomery's stupidity. Aaron Rodgers was going to get them into at least field goal range, if not getting into getting to a touchdown. And as a Packer fan, I, I you must have been irritated seeing Ty Montgomery take that out of the end zone. Not as a Packer fan. As a fan of the NFL. What is more exciting than having Aaron Rodgers down by less than a touchdown with two minutes left, going against the best team in the league who hasn't lost yet, running a two-minute drill to try and win the game? 75 yards is pocket change for and Aaron Rodgers. That's As an NFL fan, win or lose, you want to see that outcome. You, you pray that with for backups. that outcome. You want to see that happen, and Ty Montgomery ruined it for everybody. I'm so happy Ty Montgomery's gone. Never see him again. See you later. Goodbye, Ty. All right, so but, let's talk about this game. Yes, the, I, the, I'm, I'm leading to it. The Rams lo- uh, almost lost to the Packers because they could could not do what they needed to do on defense to stop Aaron Rodgers. They could not stop the run against this Aaron Jones fella. And Marcus Peters is clearly playing hurt, and I've never thought I could say this, but this team needs Aqib Tlaib to come back, and he's not coming back anytime soon. The backup uh, cornerbacks for this Los Angeles Rams team can be beaten, and who's better to beat them than New Orleans Saints in New Orleans, in that dome, on the fast track? The question is... Jared Goff last season had his best game uh, two seasons ago in his rookie year, had the best game of his rookie year in that New Orleans Saints Superdome. I think Los Angeles hangs enough points to keep up with New Orleans because New Orleans doesn't have a good defense either. And I think Los Angeles Rams wins the biggest game of their season in New Orleans in the most exciting game of the week. Go Rams. Yeah, I think Todd Gurley is uh, the X factor here. You do have to obviously account for Alvin Kamara. I think the Rams are a more complete team. I think the, the, the Saints offense has the potential to be more explosive, especially when you are considering that Cooper, we don't know if Cooper Cup is going to start in this game. It sounds like he's on track too. Yeah, I, I think the Rams are, are top to bottom, the more complete team, but it is the defense that is the X factor here because they're not playing super strong on defense. Their secondary absolutely is beatable, uh, and y- y- there's so many ways that Drew Brees it's, it can, can, can beat you, but um, I, I'm, I'm picking the Rams to win. I'm going Where to pick. I'm going to pick the New Orleans Saints. Damn. Uh, I really like. I, I we talked about this uh, two shows ago where we went game by game for the for the yeah. for the L.A. Rams. Yeah. This was the game that I said I I think this is the this is the reason that they probably don't go 16 and 0. And I think I'm going to double down on that. I think the New Orleans Saints, uh, having beaten Minnesota last week handedly 
making mm. that team look bad yep. uh, is a scary prospect uh, when you talk about the the, the New Orleans Saints be, being as being as good as they potentially could be at this time of the season. Yeah. It's a scary thing, and this is going to be, and I think they're going to get a rematch, an NFC uh, potential uh, championship, championship. Re- rematch. Absolutely. This is another game with playoff implications because I think the winner of this game gets the one seed, and you have to go visit them again. You yes. do not want to make two trips a year to the Superdome. You don't want to do it. And you're going to see a lot of trick plays. Oh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be trick play central. Sean Payton and Sean McVay are going to be yeah, dialing the... every single thing up. They've had this this day circled on their calendar and have been scheming for oh, this. Since the schedule came out. Since, yes. Easily since the schedule is, came out. This, this is, is going to be a fun game to this watch. This is a Bart Scott game. We are going to Can't be, wait. We are going to be glued to our TV yeah. uh, 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 at the uh, Thunderdome in Glendale this, uh, this Sunday. <laughs> that is uh, for sure. Brian, the redheaded stepchild of L.A., picks against both L.A. teams in this pick Let's move on. It had to happen. It had to happen. It's going to happen once all right, this let's season. Hear your, let's it. hear your pick on this next game first because I think we all know where Tony and I are going with this. Uh, the next game, uh, for all of you listening, the Sunday night game is the Green Bay Packers at the New, Eng- New England Patriots. I am selecting the New England Patriots. <laughs> I didn't think there was I a- am also selecting the New England Patriots because um, the Packers are super reliant on Aaron Rodgers to do everything for them. That was demoralizing I, that last game, too. Yeah. It was. Yeah, and it was. Now, now if, if, if there's any team that's just going to shake that off, or any guy who's just going to shake that off and tell his locker room, listen, forget about last week. We just need to keep moving. It's Aaron Rodgers. He's that kind of leader. He's yeah. going to make. He's going to make sure that the locker room knows. Look, forget that. That was a. You know, we're not pointing fingers. We're just moving on to the next game. Um, I still think the Patriots are a better team, top to bottom. The Packers defense isn't going to be able to stop them. And the the goal of the Pac- uh, Patriots defense is going to be get pressure on Aaron Rodgers all yeah. night long, make him work for it. Uh, and and the Packers are going to have to beat them on the ground as well. That's 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 the other thing I'm looking at. Yeah, I will is say a big, is a big run game, but I don't know that. It's going to happen because Mike McCarthy doesn't like to run the ball. So. I will say, going into this game, the Packers are, are looking better than the Patriots are. The Packers were running on all uh, on all cylinders against this Rams team. New England did not look good against the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills, it was no, they it need, was it, Buffalo's Super Bowl, but again, New England had struggling against this terrible Bills New England Bills didn't get team. into the end zone until the second quarter. It was feel, it was a field goal ball. I was yeah. angrily texting you guys because it was just Guskowski versus fucking whoever, Stephen Hauschka. <laughs> Exactly what we all signed up for. Um, I will say I'm picking New England to win this game because really? the reason the Packers did so well against Jared Goff and the Rams, they kind of showed uh, uh, they kind of showed the Achilles heel of the Rams team. Jared Goff has had a clean pocket this whole season, but they blitzed the hell out of Jared Goff, and Goff in the beginning of the game could not make those uh, quick reads fast enough to beat that blitz. The best player, the best QB in the league against the blitz is Tom Brady. So you're not going to be able to use that same mindset against Brady, and I think if you sit back in a zone, Brady will pick you apart. I just think the New England Patriots have the tools to beat this Green Bay team, and I do believe that game, as you said, uh, against the Rams for the Packers was disheartening, and these this trade of uh, Clinton Dix, he he calls all the plays for the defense. He runs the adjustments. Who are you going to have back there now? Josh Jones, who I like, but as a third-year player against Brady, you would think going up against it's Brady, green you would want the fourth overall safety to play in this game, but hey, who am I to know it's about also, this team? It's also worth noting that the Green Bay Packers, more so this year, I think, than in last year's, has some glaring holes in in their in their team, whether it be injuries uh, in the wide receiving core, Randall Cobb's kind of coming back, yeah. relying on those young wide receivers, or the defense with these young DBs. I think Bill Belichick is going to exploit the oh, for shit sure. out of this and team. And I'm very happy we've paid Jimmy Graham $10, 10 million a year to come to this team. Jesus Christ. I'm picking New England. Move there on. There it is. Okay. 
<laughs> Next, we've got the Monday night football game, the Tennessee Titans at the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, what, a, what a come down after the Sunday night game. No, I will say this is another game. If you like football, these two teams want to be in the wild card Very conversation. Very similar to teams. And yes, they are. They want true. to be in the wild card conversation. The winner of this game makes strides towards that goal. It is in Dallas, yeah? Yes. Tennessee, again, coming off the bye, as bye. is Dallas. And, hey, Amari Cooper, what a way to make a name for yourself. Under the lights, Monday night, Jason Witten, you know, is going to be talking about Amari Cooper and his adjustments here. I, uh... This is tough. I, I think Tennessee's got a really solid defense, but has lost a lot of games on the road. And Dallas themselves have not done too, too well, but they are undefeated at home. I'm picking that trend to continue. I'm picking Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys to beat the Tennessee Titans. I am too. Uh, uh, the Titans have struggled to put anything together offensively this year, really. They do have an okay defense, but Marcus Mariota is is a terrible, terrible quarterback this year for some reason. He can't put it together. There's no run game. The pass game is non-existent. There is no run game. It, That's surprising. I know. Well, and you know what? That's it's It's... It's Deion interesting Lewis. because everybody kind of thought that this was going to be a team to watch on the ground this year with of that course. thunder and lightning, Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis. Derrick Henry has been a ghost on that offense. Deion, and Deion Lewis has only just started to pick things up in this second half of the season. Yeah, Derrick Henry averaging 3.3 yards a carry. That's terrible. It's it's absolutely terrible. I, 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 I went in heavy on the Titans run game in a lot of the fantasy leagues that I'm in, and I've dropped, I've dro- I've dropped them all. I, I don't have Derrick <laughs> Henry in any leagues anymore. I don't have Deion Lewis in any leagues anymore because they're just sitting on my bench and at a certain week a certain point you gotta you know you're like okay you've been sitting on my bench the whole time they just can't get anything going on the ground and I I think I think the addition of Amari Cooper gives another weapon for Dak Prescott and the rushing the rushing game in the Cowboys the fourth best in the NFL Uh, I'm picking Zeke and the Cowboys to win here Brian I'm I'm picking Dallas as well both teams coming off the bye they're both going to be ready for each other so I don't think there's going to be any kind of blowout so to speak but I do believe the Dallas Cowboys who have the best offensive line still in the NFL have have everything they need to to prevent this Tennessee Titans for making any any noise yep. uh, on defense, and I think the Tennessee Titans, as you guys pointed out, uh, have an atrocious atrocious offense. That is it for the Left Coasters podcast, the Week Nine edition special Friday show, the big show on Friday. We will be back to our normal schedule next week, Tuesday and Thursday shows. We thank you for waiting for us. We had to see what the trades happened. We had to see all these games. We just did the pick'em section, and yours truly is already up one nothing on the other two. That is it for the Left Coasters podcast. Tony Cavallo, Matt Dangle, Daniel. Antonio Bryan, the ballerina, Balzarini. You can find us on Facebook and on Instagram, The Left Coasters Podcast. We are on Gmail, The Left Coasters Podcast at gmail.com. Please send us your questions. We will have them on the show. That about wraps it up for us. So uh, let's send it off with a good old hearty ram it. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dino Tripodis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. 
You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good poor. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.